Come Holy Spirit, as always, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil, Lord, that your word may bear great fruit in our lives. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Reveal to us the face of Christ. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Have in you the same attitude that is also in Christ Jesus. These words of St. Paul introduce what is one of the, the more famous passages in all of Scripture. Part of the heart of understanding of, of Christology, of who Christ is. And many scholars will believe that this was actually a hymn that they used to teach Christians early on, right? Because the, there wasn't uh, a Bible um, in the New Testament, you know, all these letters of Paul weren't written in, the Gospels, and not many people, as many people could read or write. So you teach hymns, and people could, could remember that, understand the Gospel in a profound way. So what St. Paul lays out here, what is this attitude of Jesus that he's speaking about, this disposition? We could teach an entire course on this. But one aspect of it I want us to pay attention to tonight is this attitude that St. Paul is speaking about is one of complete trust and confidence in the Father. Total trust and confidence in the Father. And just walking through how Jesus responds. We're, we're, yes, we're just going to walk through this scripture. So it says this, Have in you the same attitude that is also in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Right? Jesus was God. He was the Son of God Completely divine. But it was not something that he grasped at, right? And this is in opposition to Adam and Eve, who created human in God's image and likeness and destined, right, for, for even greater communion with the Lord, that they grasped at this. The Lord set them over creation in, in a relationship of grace with him. He said, look, you can eat any of the the fruit of any of the trees here except one of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But what happens, right? The enemy comes and he tempts them. Don't trust the Father. Don't trust him. Because he knows that if you eat, he told you not to eat of the fruit of this tree because if you eat of it, then you will be like him. And he's afraid of that. Right? He's afraid of the competition. And so he's, he's tricking you. Don't trust him. And then there's this longing. They're already in communion with the Lord. And there's longing for deeper communion, which, which the enemy is playing on. He's playing on their desires. And he's, he's telling them, don't trust the Father. And so the, the catechism tells us, the church tells us, that the first sin was lack of trust. He said they let the trust of the Father die in their hearts. 
and therefore they disobeyed Him. He says this and all subsequent sin is a lack of trust and then therefore disobedience. Because sin, right? Sin is a perceived good. That's why it's tempting. That's what we call a temptation. Because it's a perceived good. It's not an actual good. Like it's important for us to know the truth. Sin, the object of sin, whatever it is, is not an actual good, but we think it's good. Otherwise, it wouldn't be tempting. Like you'd be like, oh, that's terrible. Don't want to do it. It's going to be horrible while I'm doing it, after I'm doing it, and all these terrible consequences. No way. You're not like, man, I really want to do that. It's tempting because particularly in the moment, it seems good. It's a perceived good. So the enemy, right, is saying like, oh, you know, like the scriptures say don't do that. The church says don't do that. God doesn't want you to be happy. Like there's some desire within you is why it's a perceived good. There's some desire within you that you need to be fulfilled. And so just grab it. Just take it. Because you can't trust the Father to fulfill the desires of your heart. That was Adam, that was Eve, that is us in our sin. But it says, Jesus, who, those who, even, who though was in the form of God, did not desire equality with God, something to be grasped. He didn't grasp that. What did he do? He said, rather, he emptied himself, right? Coming in the incarnation, taking on the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, found in human in appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Where Adam and Eve, lack of trust, and then therefore disobedience, and the consequences of the breaking of the relationship with the Lord, and and the, the fall, right, of us, the disordering of all the things within us. Where Christ, never losing trust in the Father, And we know, we see in Scripture, in two places in particular, Satan comes to tempt him. The first is right after his baptism. He is led into the desert to be tempted by the Spirit. And what is the heart of the temptations, if you remember, says the enemy tells him, if you are the Son of God, then turn these bread into stone, these stones into bread. In the next temptation, if, right? He's saying, because... If God was a loving father, he would not have led you into the desert to starve. Therefore, he's not a father, and you're not a son, and he doesn't want to give you what you long for, what is rightly yours, and so grasp at it. Take it. But Jesus trusts, even choosing death over disobedience. And it says Satan left him only to return. And where does he return in full force? In the Garden of Gethsemane all the way through the crucifixion. Oh, you think the Father loves you? You think he's actually a father? Because you would not be here suffering. And then even, right, using the voices of the, the crowds using the voices of the, the Roman soldiers, right, telling Jesus, if you're the Son of God, right, if you are who you say you are, then come down off the cross and save yourself and us. 
Right? But because you're suffering, you cannot be a son. You cannot be a daughter. He tells us in the midst of our temptation, in the midst of suffering, don't trust grasp but Jesus does not grasp he actually allows his hands to be nailed on the cross even unto the point of death and in this moment right father into your hands I commend my spirit I Lord know the truth this is why it's important for us in the midst of temptation to know the truth what is true because sin is a perceived good but if I know the truth because my feelings in the moment the temptation is telling me no 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 that's good and I'm like no I know the scriptures I know the natural law. I know the teaching of the church. And Father, I will trust in you. Like Jesus, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. And I will not grasp, even if it means death. And I don't have to tell you, brothers and sisters, that many times in the midst of temptation, it feels like if we don't give in, something in us will die. And the truth is, something will die. Our disordered desires will begin to be put to death on the cross with Jesus. And it begins to heal us and to transform us and to restore us. To build a greater confidence in the Father. And then what happens to Christ there, right? Everyone sees a dead man hanging on the cross, but what happens they don't know, right? Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the midst of suffering and temptation, if we pray animated by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit with great trust and confidence, then yes, there will be a dying. But that dying makes way for the rising and the deeper communion with the Father. The enemy lies. He lies to us about God and he lies to us about ourselves, and he lies to us about the truth. Jesus shows us not to grasp, but to give ourselves over to the Father in total confidence. And in that dying, we will rise with him. Have in you the same attitude that is also in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped, Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.